baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this week's edition of Insane Things We've Never Seen Before. Not American history. Not world history. You know, folks, it speaks volumes about the times that we live in that I'm able to do this podcast every week. And I never run out of new material. New insane things we've not seen before. You know what they call that in the financial world? Volatility. All right, let's hit it. Shocking thing number one. Never before seen in the world. Headline, Daily Telegraph. The UK Parliament holds Joe Biden, votes to hold Joe Biden in contempt over Afghanistan. I can't believe I'm reading this headline. MPs, that's the equivalent of our Congress members. MPs and peers unite to condemn dishonor of U.S. president's withdrawal. Wow. I mean, think about this. Joe Biden was supposed to be a foreign policy genius who didn't do mean tweets. And he was going to resurrect our image in the world. Doesn't look like that's happening. Did Donald Trump ever receive a vote of contempt in the UK parliament? Um, No. No, he didn't. In fact, this has been cast as one of the few unifying events that has unified the political parties in parliament from the left to the right. Here's what the Telegraph writes. Joe Biden's handling of the Afghanistan withdrawal was condemned as catastrophic and shameful on Wednesday as the Houses of Parliament delivered an unprecedented rebuke to a U.S. president. Yeah, by MPs and peers from across the political spectrum, including the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Mr. Biden, the Telegraph writes, was accused of throwing us and everyone else to the fire. Now listen to this line. Now listen to this line. Never read this during the Trump administration. The interventions mark a deterioration in UK-US relations. Huh, I'll say. Which leads us to insane thing number two. This is a generational level catastrophic event. Eclipsing, I'd argue at this point, even the fall of Saigon. What we've never seen before, the second insane thing, is a complete abandonment or near complete abandonment of the, by the president of his presidential duties. During a time like this, we've, we've never seen this before. In a piece called Something is Wrong with the President, Jim Garrity over at National Review nails this. He literally spent most of this debacle on vacation. Makes no appearances for four days during a major world foreign crisis. Reads a 20-minute speech finally off teleprompter on Monday afternoon. Takes no questions. Immediately goes back to vacation on Camp David. Has no events on his schedule Tuesday. 
on Wednesday gives another 20-minute speech about vaccine boosters off the teleprompter, no questions. Wednesday, the president sits for an on-camera interview with George Stephanopoulos that goes disastrously. And then, according to White House Public Records, Biden has just two conversations with the dozens of foreign leaders that are trying to reach him, in particular with important questions about coordinating the exit of their citizens from Afghanistan. Joe's AWOL. Joe's on vacation. As of this writing, Garrity writes, this is Thursday night, Biden had no public events on his schedule for Friday. He was supposed to receive the president's daily briefing from the intel community. The president does that every day anyway. But according to the Federal Aviation Administration, he was just rescheduled to return to his home in Delaware. Wait, no White House? No situation room? No war room? I, you know what's amazing about this, folks? If I was running the White House right now, I'd send Joe down to the basement of the White House with an ice cream cone and some video games, and I'd run a war room, and I'd let everybody know I was running it, and I'd let people see the military leaders coming and going from the White House, and I would pretend that Biden was somewhat engaged. But they're not. It's so weird. Nope. We've never seen this before. The world has never seen this before. Which leads us to unprecedented insane thing number three. We're seeing shocking new evidence the Biden administration was aware of the Taliban's impending takeover last month. An internal State Department cable shows two dozen officials at the U.S. Embassy of Kabul warned Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, Antony Blinken, of the government's imminent collapse. This is uh, really eye-opening for a lot of people. This was sent by the State Department's confidential dissent channel. And as you'll see, this says the Taliban was well-positioned to take over the nation. It suggested the evacuation of U.S. citizens and allies should be sped up. And it is shocking. Two dozen State Department officials in Kabul sent the highest ranking members of the Biden administration, as well as the head of the State Department, Blinken, a cable warning that the Taliban had already begun to take land. Folks, this was July 13th, okay? And that we needed the quick evacuations of U.S. citizens in the country. They did absolutely nothing. And now they're lying about it, which, folks, only makes this worse because this cable warning that the Taliban was taking territory and that we needed to get U.S. citizens out and citizens of the world out, French, British, our allies. This is rocketed all over the globe. It is front page news from the U.K. Daily Mail to France to Australia. Everybody knows. So why lie about it when you're so hardcore busted? But they did. Only making things worse. Here's head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, who spent most of the last month calling Trump supporters and Trump himself treasonous, trying to sell his book and uh, talking about how he stopped Trump from affecting a coup to take over the country. Oh, and raging on about white rage. He didn't seem to have much time for Afghanistan, though. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. Central Command submitted a variety of plans that were briefed and approved. Y'all, that was literally as the story was breaking about the cables and the warning to evacuate Americans. They just didn't care. (laughs) 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So here's Biden lying about it. Also, as the story about the cable warning from the State Department officials was breaking around the world. The intelligence community did not say back in June or July that, in fact, this was going to collapse like it did. But in an internal State Department memo first reported by the Wall Street Journal and confirmed by Fox News, two dozen officials at the Kabul embassy warned Secretary of State Blinken and other top officials that the Afghan government would rapidly collapse as U.S. troops withdrew. Which brings us to insane thing number four. The next insane thing on our list. Brace yourselves for this one, folks. There was only one kind of planning that the Biden administration was actually doing in Afghanistan. And it was happening just as the cables were coming back from there, again, warning that the situation was deteriorating and we needed to evacuate Americans. That planning had nothing to do with evacuating anybody. Do you know what they were doing? Shipping large numbers of weapons to Afghanistan. Weapons, Reuters reports, that almost immediately fell into the hands of the Taliban. It's almost as if they were arming them. Let that sink in. No bother to evacuate Americans. They know it's already collapsing. And by the way, the cables were very specific. Parts of the area were already under Taliban control by July 13th. They knew it. And that they also knew that um, the Afghan army was collapsing and handing over equipment to the Taliban. So what do they do? They rush more equipment. Why would you send large amounts of arms, armored vehicles, drones the month before you were leaving while the country is deteriorating? If you had no plans whatsoever to evacuate Americans or anyone else, except for members of the military who on the way out would simply hand the bases, all 11 of them, to the Taliban. You wouldn't unless you wanted the Taliban to have it. It's the only planning they did, the shipping in of equipment. And where do you hear the scale of it, as reported by Reuters? Again, we now, though, they knew the country was collapsing. They knew the Afghan forces were turning over weapons to the Taliban and running. And this, this is the moment you choose to ship massive amounts of equipment that you know is going right into the Taliban's hands to Afghanistan. Here's the Reuters article. The headline on it is Planes, Guns, Night Vision Goggles, the Taliban's New U.S.-Made War Chest. It flat out says that about a month ago, 
when we now know the cable was going out, warning about the collapse, Afghanistan's Ministry of Defense posted on social media photographs of seven brand new helicopters arriving in Kabul, delivered by the U.S. It was such a curious development. Everybody knew that Biden intended to be out of Afghanistan by August 31st. That was widely reported. It was such a curious development, all of the equipment we were shipping in, that they actually asked U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin about it. At the time, a month ago, he said, quote, they'll continue to see a steady drumbeat of that kind of support going forward, unquote. That's from the Reuters article. Wow. In a matter of weeks, however, the Taliban had seized most of the country, as well as the new weapons and equipment. This, folk, this can't be accidental. It can't. Video showed, I'm still reading the Reuters article, video showed the advancing insurgents inspecting long lines of vehicles and opening, cra- opening crates of new firearms, communications gear, even military drones, night equipment, like vision goggles. President Trump himself was blown away by this. We gave, because we just walked away, we gave the Taliban, get this, 11 military bases inside of Afghanistan, and we didn't strip them down. In an interview with Sean Hannity, again, Trump couldn't get over this. He said, I would have taken all the equipment out and burnt them to the ground. Why would we turn them over? Unless it wasn't an accident. Oh, you'll love this. From the Reuters article. The current intelligence assessment was that the Taliban are believed to control more than 2,000 armored vehicles, including U.S. Humvees, and up to 40 aircraft, potentially including UH-60 Blackhawks, Scout Attack helicopters, and Scan Eagle military drones. 2,000 armored vehicles? Folks, that's not an accident. A dozen is an accident. A couple dozen, maybe. 2,000? That's how you build an army. Again, this is Reuters reporting, not mine. So what would a country that wasn't deliberately building a Taliban army be doing right now? Bombing the crap out of this stuff. We have the ability for precision strikes uh, with our drones. Oh, they got crates of new drones, too. <laughs> Brand new. Shipped right in. Um, what would we do? Well, it's right here in the Reuters article. The official said launching airstrikes against the larger equipment, such as helicopters, has not been ruled out, but there is concern that would antagonize the Taliban at a time the U.S.'s main goal is evacuating people. Now, a lot of people have said, yeah, 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 but these helicopters, the the, the Taliban doesn't know how to run them, how to maintain them. They, They don't have the equipment for that. Well, here's the thing. The Chinese do. According to the Reuters article, Andrew Small, a Chinese foreign policy expert at the German Marshall Fund of the United States, said the Taliban was likely to grant Beijing access to any U.S. weapons. They may now have control over. Now, China basically has this technology, but they could teach them how to use it. Folks, this is an army, which leads us to the fifth most insane thing. The very thing, by the way, that you would do if you were building a proxy terrorist army, as they've done before. John Brennan at the CIA did it under Obama. 40,000 strong by the time he was done. You'd release your best fighters. You know the guys. We call them terrorists here. Folks, when you start stacking this stuff by side by side, this can't be an accident. It can't be. Do you know what we just did? This is the sixth most insane thing this week. The Taliban, once these basically fully equipped bases were turned over to them, on one of them, there were... 
5,000 prisoners, we'd caught over the 20 years. They're Al-Qaeda fighters, ISIS fighters, Al-Qaeda leaders, ISIS leaders, and many people on the international and, yes, the U.S. National Terror Watch list. Well, where'd they go? Oh, they let him go. They let him go? Yep. As the Taliban, this is the Washington Free Beacon, as the Taliban takes over Afghanistan, it has freed thousands of prisoners. Yes, because we let... We left them. We left them at the bases. We just handed it over, practically. As the Taliban takes over Afghanistan, it has freed thousands of prisoners, including top leaders affiliated with al-Qaeda and ISIS, a move likely to complicate U.S. efforts to evacuate personnel from Kabul. Folks, one of these things, I can see just government incompetence, right? Weaponry falling into their hands, maybe a couple dozen um, armored vehicles, 5,000 terrorists? Come on! 11 bases not stripped down, not burned down, not destroyed. Enough equipment uh, for an army to occupy the country indefinitely. Come on, this isn't an accident. General Frank McKenzie, commander of U.S. Central Command, the Washington Free Beacon reports, which is coordinating the emergency evacuation, said on Tuesday, he was warned the Taliban and other terrorists storming Kabul that any attack would be met with overwhelming force in defense of our forces. So we know they're out there. They're storming Kabul. We've got Al-Qaeda and, and ISIS doing troop movements. People who are terrorists, people we had locked up just weeks before, doing troop movements with the Taliban. And we haven't even bothered to get Americans out. Insane things, folks. We've never seen this before. Which leads us to this insane thing. We'll hit briefly. Headline in New York Post. Under pressure, State Department scraps plan to bill Kabul evacuees $2,000 a person for the flights. Now, if you wanted to fly out, even if you were an American citizen, they were making you sign a piece of paper that you would pay the federal government $2,000 per person. Funny. I bet they didn't charge the Taliban when they were shipping them all those weapons all month. Not bothering to evacuate Americans. And I know those illegal immigrants that the Department of Homeland Security admits we've been putting on planes and flying into the country. You know, the ones that don't even have the types of ID they require of you to get on a plane. Yeah, those guys. I bet they didn't get charged $2,000 either. Outrageous. Anyway, when it came to light on social media, they revoked the policy. Which leads us to our final insane thing of the week. What were the Democrats actually doing while all this was going on in Congress? Introducing a bill that would bar the unvaccinated from flying domestically or internationally. Whoa! What is that, folks? Let's put the picture together. It's part of the Democrats' overarching plan to control your movements, to make it so that you need their permission to go anywhere. So let's let's put it together, okay? The Democrats introduced legislation to ban the unvaccinated from national and international flights. Understand that's going to mean not just the vaccine, you know, two doses, but all the boosters going forward. This will never end, right? Now, let's put that together with the incredible news. I think the biggest story from last week, as broken by ABC News on August 13th, that the Biden administration was considering mandating vaccines for interstate travel. In other words, turning the country into East Germany. If you're not vaccinated and your family members in another state aren't vaccinated, you can't even see each other. You can't fly. You can't cross state lines. It's a total lockdown. 
These are travel papers, folks. This isn't even about COVID. Forget the vaccination status. These are travel papers. And so when you put that all together, and ABC News reported it this way, I'll read it to you again. Still, while more severe measures, such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel, have been discussed, the administration worried that they would be too polarizing for the moment. That's not to say, they write, though, they won't be implemented in the future. Do you see the big picture? Total government control of your movements. This is what they were busy doing this week and last week while Afghanistan crumbled and Americans were left behind. This is all they care about, a mad drive for power and control. Everything else for them is just a distraction. With Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.